and welcome to Won't You Sing With Me, a podcast by me, Camille Harris from the Silly Jazz Band. Join me as I talk to fellow children's musicians about their work. Why do they make children's music? What's important about it? What makes a good children's song? What is different between a kid's song versus an adult song? And why do they do what they do? This is a podcast for fellow children's musicians, as well as educators and parents. But little ones can listen as well. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy the conversation. Today we are with Laura Doherty. Laura is originally from Westchester County, New York, and she came to Chicago after college, where she soon joined the teaching staff of the legendary Old Town School of Folk Music. For over a decade, Laura was the director of the Old Town School's wildly popular early childhood Wiggleworms program. In 2009, she took a daring leap and decided to go full-time with kids' music, showing an intense passion for creating sweet, folk-inspired songs for children and families. With an ear for a catchy melody, Doherty recorded her first album, Kids in the City, in 2009, winning the coveted Gold Parents' Choice Award. The equally endearing Shining Like a Star in 2011 and In a Heartbeat in 2014 followed, and both won the Silver Parents' Choice Award. Animal Tracks in 2016 is a collection of her most engaging animal songs, and Doherty's newest album, High Five, in 2018, received the Gold Parents' Choice Award and is getting lots of radio play across the country. It explores the themes of friendship, family, and childhood. Before recording her own original children's music, Laura co-produced the Old Town School's Wiggleworms Love You 2005 with Rich Rankin at Mosaic Music Studio and has recorded educational songs for Disney Sound with indie rocker Ralph Covert of Ralph's World. Often joined by her band of Chicago talent on stage, The Heartbeats, Doherty has performed hundreds of shows at premier venues and festivals across the country, including Chicago's Old Town School of Folk Music, Ravinia, Lollapalooza, Nashville's Pilgrimage Fest, Austin's South by Southwest, Philly's World Cafe Live, Boston's Club Passam, and many more. You also just released a new single, uh, Snow Globes, right? That I listened to in 2021. Oh, that's really nice. Mm -hmm. Well, welcome to the podcast. Won't you sing with me? Thanks, Camille. I'm so happy that you're here because, you know, we've kind of been Facebook friends for many years now. I've been following you. And I am aware of your music and I've listened to it and I, I really love what you do and the way that you kind of present yourself, at least online, but also the way I see when I see pictures of kids, the way people respond to you. And also you have a really pretty voice. So <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah. Likewise. This, <laughs> this podcast is basically just a space. Okay. So I came to kids music because I had released an album of silly songs for adults And a parent heard it and said, oh, you should do this. I have a friend at the library. You should go sing there. So I started singing there and then basically just kept doing it with no real theory or reason or or any education about early childhood development, you know, just being a musician uh, and kind of going for it. And then I made my Baby on the Subway album, which, again, there was no real theory behind it, except for the fact that I had tested these songs in front of kids and I knew they liked them. Um, and, and I, but I, as I've come along, I've kind of developed my own thought process behind why I write songs that I write and why I make these songs for kids. I think primarily I'm like an early childhood kind of target little guys. That's kind of my Mm -hmm. crowd. I basically just was interested in learning by talking to my fellow children's musicians to find out 
what you think. Like, why did you start making children's music? You know, the theory of it, not just like why, oh, you came from doing the folk stuff and you were running that stuff and then eventually you record your own stuff. Like, what is it that you try to give in your songs? What are you trying to achieve in your music? And kind of the why of your, why are you even doing this? Yeah. Well, like you, I, I came to children's music kind of organically, as you mentioned, I'm a, you know, singer songwriter was doing that as a hobby for a long time. You know, it was just my passion. I just played guitar since high school, always playing cover songs, all that stuff. Did a couple adult albums and I got into kids music when I found Old Town School of Folk Music. I was lucky enough to land a job there working in their kids programs, first as a teacher, then as an administrator. Yeah, for me, it's, it was trial by fire. Is that the t- term? Trial by error <laughs> of trying out songs. You know, first I was learning other people's children's songs with our Wiggle Worms program. You know, we did a lot of traditional folk music, you know, stuff that's even in the public domain. And then I started writing my own kids' music. I thought, oh, let me try this out. I already write songs, you know, for grownups. And I I started trying it out in class. And my age group, too, is very young, like six and under, eight and under. But really, like, two, three, four, five-year-olds, that's my, you know, sweet spot. And I just found that kids respond. It, first of all, I've never met a kid that didn't like music. <laughs> They're just innately born liking music, moving to the music. So I came at it more organically like that. And I, I learned on the job how to teach kids. I think I just, I wasn't one of those, those kids that like babysat other kids, you know, I wasn't around a lot of little kids when I was younger. Um, but it's something that just kind of clicked, clicked for me. Oh, I mean, I guess it's that you came to it just organically from being a musician. But I guess yeah. what I, I, you know, I have my own thoughts about what kids respond to. And when I'm working with them, how, for example, I had this one song that I would do and I thought it was silly and fun, but kids didn't really like it. It was kind of more the adults that liked it. And yeah. I didn't, they didn't get up and dance during that one, you know, and I noticed yeah. that after a while and I said, okay. I'm going to take this out of the rotation for the kids music. You know, did you ever have any experiences like that? Like, how did you find what worked? Yeah, I've definitely had songs. When I'm in the studio with my producer, I work with this guy, Rich Rankin. He's Mm -hmm. produced all five of my kids' albums. And we talk a lot about, like, even if one line sounds more grown up, we talk about, will that go over the kids' heads? something that might be really cool musically, I might say, you know what? The kids aren't going to care about that. <laughs> so and sometimes you do the cool musical thing, but um, I'm, I'm in the classroom almost every day. So I'm seeing what works. And even when I structure my concerts, like sometimes I'll start out with a song that doesn't have kids up moving and jumping around. And I notice that they're just, they kind of are sitting and staring at me because they're the kids are so used to waiting for someone to tell them you can stand up now. You know they're being in school, so what I ch- I changed that around. I started right off the bat like everybody up, we're jumping, we're pretending we're a piece of popcorn, and I popcorn song, um, things like that. That I 
because once they get up, they know that they can do that. Then they start, then they relax and, uh, oh, I can be, I can be myself in here. And so that's one thing I kind of changed. I got that too. Like I have a song called Jiggly Wiggly. And if I, if I start with that, that's a totally different, you know, feel to the whole concert, you know, they're, they're in it to win it. (laughs) Um, Like sometimes though you see it's maybe it's cloudy on, they just want to be chilling and listen to music, you know? So then maybe I'll start with a less dance along song. But yeah, I found that also. That's interesting. And I've been, I mean, a a few of my songs, like I wrote a song called it's It's okay to be shy because I was very shy when I was little. That's another one I talked about with my producer. Oh, is it too adult themed? And then I decided, I I think on the next record I did, I said, no, I really want to do this song because it's important to me. Like it's, I, I, I I think it's, it's, it's a delicate art of trying to find putting meaning into your songs that'll resonate with the kids and with the parents too. So I, a lot of parents tell me my music is calming, you know, like, Oh, we're in the car and it's getting crazy and chaotic and we'll put on your music. And so that's a big compliment to me. (laughs) Yeah. I was feeling that too. You have a very solid, consistent sound, you know, in all your songs that it's nice to be able to know it's your own sound and it's really nice. And yeah, I felt a calming aspect as well. Yeah. I mean, I, that, that's one of my goals. I mean, this is a lot of people's goals too, but is to write music that's, you know, not going to drive parents, that, that parents are going to enjoy too. So I, you know, I pay a lot of close attention to the, to the music. I've got a great band that they're, they're awesome. You know, I bring them into the studio. They come up with great parts that I couldn't even write. So I notice a lot in kind of conversations or even on like our Facebook group that sometimes I, I see people kind of wrinkle at the idea of uh, I've noticed like when I kind of my first album, I kind of market as like kids, parents will like it, too. And I, I noticed amongst other children's musicians, some people didn't that didn't sit, seem to sit well with them. It was like this. I, I noticed some people kind of rejecting that idea of it doesn't have to be for parents. What does it mean to you that parents will like it, too, I guess? Like when you say that, what uh, I mean, does that mean? Parents are the ones that are buying the music or putting it on the streaming, whatever. So, you know, um, they're the ones with the phones controlling, you know, the music. So I, I, my first focus is the music is for the kids. It's for them to enjoy, you know, and then my and then secondarily the parents. So. And your music is beautiful. The lyrics are for children, but these these could just be folk songs. Thank you. Yeah, that, that's thank you. I I mean, they that. are that's just it. folk songs. You know, they're really nice. Uh, my husband and I were listening to them. Uh, he liked the shy one. Like he's not really shy, but sometimes he is. Like especially compared to me. Um, and I was like, this is. He's like, yeah, this is a lesson for you to remember about me. And I was like, I know you're right. It is okay to be shy. Like that song's for people who are shy, but it's also. A good song for people like me who sometimes don't understand when people are shy. It is a lesson I learned growing up. I tend to really like shy people, actually, but I'm the opposite of shy, typically. Of course, everyone can be. I wrote that song because when I was little, like being shy was always, I in my eyes, it was seemed like a negative thing because people would say, oh, you're so shy, you know, or like my, remember my grandma, she was very gregarious, you know, she's, and she'd say to my mom, she's so shy, like while I'm sitting in the room there. <laughs> and so, and I just, so I always thought it was like a, not a trait that's, you know, a good quality. Really my whole life, I kind of thought, oh yeah, I am. There's nothing I can do about it really. 
And as I got older, I got less shy. But one of my first jobs in Chicago, you know, my first like real job, uh, this woman came up to me and I worked in this really nice office for I worked for a magazine. And she came up and she said, you're so shy. I was like, yeah, I've heard that my whole life. And she's like, I think that's a good thing. You know, and it was like the first time someone had ever said that to me. And it just, it was like, oh, I just was like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with being shy. You know, I, when parents tell me now, oh, they're so shy, but they sing your songs in the car. And I say, oh yeah, they're, they're observing, they're observers. And there's, it's totally fine. Some kids are loud and outgoing. Yeah. To that point, I would say that song, like you're saying, oh, maybe it's not appropriate for kids and like you hesitated to put on your album and then now it is on that album. I would say that children in general, they do listen, you know, and they're developing their language, especially these little guys. And so just that tiny, very clear message in that song, I would say is actually appropriate for all ages of little guys from like zero to eight. I mean, that's, that's, I think that it is appropriate and it is for kids, yeah. you know, and it might be m- more complex language maybe than other songs that you've done or something like that. But I don't know that topic to me. I was like, oh, yeah, this is really this is a great children's song. Yeah, thanks. You know, I'm, I'm almost surprised to hear that you were like, maybe it's too grown up because <laughs> it's just such a good message. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I have another song I wrote called Make a Friend on my the latest album. It's not not so latest anymore, but right. anyway, the first lyric says, you can always make a friend in this world, whether you're five or 46 or 10. Uh-huh. Okay. I was 46 at the time. And I was in a place in my life where I felt like I didn't have a lot of friends, you know, like I'd gotten out of a relationship. It was just in my head because I do have really good friends. And, but I felt like people are like, you know, having kids, raising their kid, you know, like you have your friends that are married with kids. And then you have, I just sort of felt like that. And so I wrote that song to cheer myself up. <laughs> <laughs> so I put it on my kids album and I mean, it had kid themes in it of like, you know, things you do when you make friends, when you're a kid. And so, but so some of my songs have those little, I mean, you, I think you have to put your personal touch or you don't have to, but it's nice to, feels good to put a little personal touch. And I'm trying to write more like that too, is putting something personal. I think kids respond to that. I think that they know they can tell that when it's uh, authentic. When you work with children, you know that they, that they're smarter than people think. Yes, absolutely. They're listening. They, they hear and they feel exactly the way that we feel, you know? Yes. Yeah. Maybe it's a different extreme. Maybe they don't have the exact same perspective, but like, yeah, I remember reading once that when a kid's crying because their parent like drops them off at school, that loss that they feel is the same kind of proportional amount of hormones is the same hormones that like an adult would feel when they're grieving. It's the same grief. It's just about a different topic. Um, Yeah. And it's, it's, and it's and and once I kind of learned that idea, like, yeah, a kid crying is grieving the same way that I would be grieving for something to me that's more serious. But to them, it's just as serious. That is their whole world, you know. Right. And so right. there's so I think that they're feeling the same type of feelings that we feel. And so and, and maybe it's about different topics and maybe it's about childish topics but ultimately they will respond to your song that you know to make a friend it's scary for anyone to make a friend i've been in yes. the same place as you I, I know that that feeling when all your friends start having children 
and you're not, you're kind of on your own. And, and people have their nine to five jobs and, you know, I'm not right. a nine to five or so it's like you don't see right. them during the week and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. And suddenly you're kind of out of the loop and it's hard. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a believer you can make friends though at, at any age. So, but sometimes you just have those gaps. But it is hard. And sometimes you do need that pep talk. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And so it's like, it's funny because when you're in your 30s or 40s, you're going through the exact same thing that little little kids are when they're going into elementary school. It's almost easier, you know, for kids to make friends <laughs> because they have this structure being like, here, this is where your friends are. <laughs> they're all in one yeah, group. Find one. Absolutely. Yeah. You've got to you, you go to school, you go to camp. I was sort of sometimes I miss those days of like, oh, you just have a million people around you, your exact same age, you know, yeah. all the same <laughs> interests. Exactly. Right. So now I have a question. You. OK, so you are doing this full time. You're a full time children's musician. Yes. The, mm-hmm. Do you still perform your adult stuff ever or do you mostly? Oh, you're only I do. doing kids music. At this yeah. Point. On a, yeah. A, no, I still do some adult music. I mean, for as a career, I decided to focus on kids music. But so I was working at Old Town School for like 11 years. I worked full time there. So I was, you know, how did have a regular kind of nine to five job running their programs and teaching um, and gigging. <laughs> um, yeah. And then when I put out my first kids record, I, uh, I even though I, I love Old Town School, I still teach there. But I thought, you know, I, I didn't really want to like, work up in like upper management. And I just thought, okay, I, I, I took this job as far as it can, can go. I was feeling like I needed to challenge myself a little bit. And when I put up my first kid CD, I just got such good response. And I thought, you know what, I mean, maybe I can do this. And I, th- I, I thought to myself, there's so many avenues for kids music. You can work in schools and like, I'm already teaching. You can teach in daycare centers and preschools. You can play concerts at libraries and festival, you know, and I was already kind of doing that part-time. And with the adult music, I just didn't see myself doing that full-time for whatever reason. So, and I've played in a couple great bands. My friend Kat and I, we had an acoustic duo and we occasionally resurrect that and play. It's, it's called, we're called Sweet Hello. And now she sings with me and my kids band too. So what am I? And then I'm also in like an all girl rock cover band that popped up a few cool, years ago. Love that. So yeah, so th- I do that stuff, and then sometimes I just get booked for solo private events. Um, I just started playing at senior centers actually, because <laughs> uh, my mom moved is, lives in one. Sometimes I bring my guitar to her place and I play some songs, and I love all those old, you know, jazz standards. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. You're that's your thing too. And so I learned. I learned a lot of those songs in like middle school. We had a great chorus teacher, like songs from the 20s and 30s and 40s, like um, Five Foot Two, Eyes of Blue, stuff like that. So I just started doing that too. Yeah. So I do a little bit of that, but mostly kids music. Um, but it's fun to have the variety. Yeah, I mean, you're just a working musician, you know, that specializes yeah. in kids music. It sounds like. Yeah. Do you have any regular spots that you do? Do you have a lot of weekly stuff? Have you ever done that? Like I've seen people who do weekly classes. Or- yeah. During the whole school year, I basically I teach at a daycare center that has like four locations around the city. So that's what I'm during the week. I go, I go in and I 
do my thing with all the ages from babies to four-year-olds. So that kind of keeps my, that's my steady work throughout the school year. As far as any regular gigs, um, not as, not as much. I try to play, like there's some clubs in Chicago, bars, venues that do kids shows. And I try to do one or two of those in the winter when it's like really cold here and there's, um, I try not to do those in the summer because the weather can kill like any show that's ticketed is like, I try to be very careful and strategic of when I do those because if you get a 60 degree day in February, no one will come to your show. (laughs) So stuff like that. Um, And then summertime is when I do more touring that I just play a lot of libraries. They, they have the budgets in the summer. Um, and I love to like go places and play, you know, a few days in a row and on the country or just in Chicago. Yeah. Around the country. Wow. I never even thought to do that. Yeah. I've been doing that the whole time. People are always like, where do you play? I'm like, anywhere. <laughs> I'm like, I'll go anywhere. <laughs> That's awesome. uh, I really, it's really, truly the truth. Like, I mean, if they have the, the budget and, um, I mean, it's tricky. Like, I, 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 I'm often solo when I play. If I have to get on an airplane, it's often a solo trip. And you know, because bringing my bands, you know, I w- want to be able to cover their costs. You know, so um, like my band, we'll go up to Madison, Wisconsin. That's just a two hour, two and a half hour drive, and we play a, a yearly gig up there, which is really fun. It's this place called the the Overture Center, and it's free. It's free for the public, um, and we do like a whole Saturday of gigs there, stuff like that. So I try to bring. Sometimes I'll bring like one band member. Um, like I'm playing in Tulsa this summer. A bunch of libraries out there. Yeah, so different different places. Some of them repeat yearly, um, but I'm always trying trying to find new places to play too. Sometimes I realize I just. I need to spend more time on actually creating music. I'm, I'm sure every musician goes through that. You like get bogged down with the business stuff. I, I, I have one of those things where like, if my desk isn't clean, I can't write music, you know? Like oh, I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it'll take me, it'll, t- I don't know, maybe I'm alone in that, but like it'll, sometimes it'll take me months before I can clean off my desk. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay, I got a little I, off topic there, but <laughs> no, but I, I get exactly what you're saying. And I sometimes you do need the right circumstances to write, and so or sometimes you need even the right motivation, you know, like sometimes it just happens. And like I'm sitting on a project that I can't wait to release, I recorded it in 2021, and I still just haven't had the funds or the uh, uh, you know, I haven't been able to release it yet, and I want to, and yeah. uh. Like that's some, what are your, do you have anything like coming down the pipeline that you like work on recording another album? Kind of what are your future goals? Like, what are you working on? Yeah. I, um, I've got some songs that are like marinating up here. A a few that I've tried out classes. I haven't been doing a whole lot. We moved my mom here from Florida. So I've been very busy. So that's going to take over for a bit for sure. Yeah. She's been, she's needed a lot of extra care and stuff. So that, that's pretty much consumed my past two years of my life. And that's important. You know, it's like family comes first. So she's now she's settled. We just moved her into memory care and she's very well taken care of in a great place. And she lives close by. So I see her all the time. 
we all go through those times in life where you get to focus on other things. And um, so I, I would, yeah, I would like to do another album at some point. I'm thinking, I see people releasing a lot of singles. I was like, I think I might get into more, like releasing a single here and there that maybe culminate on an, in an album. Yeah. I've started releasing singles because they get on playlists on Spotify. So like they don't yeah. always, but that's the best way to get a play, you know, is to do a single. They're not going to, yeah. you can't do a whole, you have to, can only do one per album. So then why not release them as singles and then later release them as an album? I listen to a lot of podcasts on, uh, the, the CD Baby DIY musician podcast. Oh, cool! You know that, um, yeah, it's really even if you don't have your music with CD Baby, um, it's a it's a great podcast. They cover, you know, everything going on in the in the music business. With uh, you know, they'll do a whole thing on Spotify and playlists and, and everything. They cover like everything for that independent musicians are go through. So. That's cool. Yeah. So I have another question just about like children's music it, itself and what you create. Um, like what, I guess if you were to categorize kind of what your topics are, you know, I, I, there's some people who are, you know, really into social justice. There are some people who are into empowerment songs, you know, some people are into just like plain silly stuff for little kids. Like what would you say kind of your, like the purpose of your music is like, what's your, the topic of your music for kids? Like if you had to put yourself in a category, I'm just curious right. kind of, or if, if you have a category, maybe you don't, maybe you just kind of write whatever works for kids. You know, what exactly, how yeah. would you kind of I categorize mean, it though? Just like heartfelt music that's fun. I try to write fun music. You know, if you're going to be playing music all day and with kids, like you want it to be fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't like to beat people over the head and preach with like tons of messages, like it, subtly. <laughs> Maybe it's, there's some messages in me, in my music. Yeah, like we talked about the shy song and everything. Yeah, and I just I love acoustic based music. So I mean, I that I've always had an acoustic guitar in my hand. Um, not that I don't like, I mean, electric instruments are fine, but sometimes I feel like kids' music is very frenetic and loud and fast and uh, too much for my ears. I have very sensitive ears. I don't even like wind chimes. Like, ah. <laughs> that's another whole, that's another story. <laughs> Interesting. No, but there certainly is, there's space for kind of calmer and acoustic music, you know, like, yeah, I yeah. Do, they see a, a lot of people, you know, and that's good that people make electronic music or rap music or like big kind of frenetic music for children. So a lot of my songs are all definitely frenetic. Yeah. But there is space for kind of a nice chill acoustic children's musician. I, I do yeah. think you fill that role very nicely. Well, and through the pandemic, obviously there's a lot of people doing social justice music and, with everything going on in the world and the country. And when I was doing my live streams and during that 2020, 21, I, I just wanted to be a respite for, I just wanted to be a, a fun place for kids to come. And I mean, there's room for all kinds of music in this world. And for, and yeah, for me, I was just, I just wanted to be fun for kids. And, and because I focus on such little kids, you know, I, I have a million songs about animals. I've got songs about yeah, your whole colors about and shape. Yeah, I've whole, you know, and it's and uh, I I I try to find the the really 
I had a really good childhood and I started to think about the things in my own childhood that were fun. And so I try to keep it lighthearted and fun. And that's kind of my, my theme, I guess. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I I think that's wonderful. And I love that because there's, yeah, I, I think that that is what you're achieving. And it's also really pretty, like you're, you're really good at guitar and you have a really nice voice. You know, it's, it's, it's really fun to Thank listen you. to the animals album. Actually, I for I sent it to my sister because my nephews are really getting into animals right now. They're two and four. So they're right that age of loving nice. all the animals, yeah. you know, and being able to say it. I was thinking about also thinking of maybe writing some new animal songs eventually after this next album comes out. Cause yeah, that's kind of what I notice. Children are experts on uh, shapes, colors, and animals, you know, like I definitely, they, they love all that stuff so much, <laughs> especially the people that we work with. I think we have the same demographic. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. And I use puppets in the classroom for sure. And sometimes and on stage, oh, cool. um, I have a few, a few, I have this little dinosaur puppet. Um, sometimes it's like a beanie baby. My mom gave me some beanie babies. I have a flamingo. And then all of a sudden I wrote the song about a Domingo the Flamingo. Um, but uh, kids really respond to the puppets like crazy. Like, you know, it's almost like they're every the puppet's name is Jazzosaurus, which <laughs> my bass player named. And That's every time cute. I come in, where's Jazzosaurus? Where's Jazzosaurus? And he plays a little saxophone. Um, I just, I, I crack myself up half the time with like, I'm like, oh my God, this is hilarious. You know, the kids will, they'll think this is funny. Just being silly and goofy is, is fun for me. So that's, I think what a lot of people need, but what people want. Let's go ahead and listen to Laura's song. It's okay to be shy. Enjoy. It's okay to be shy. It's okay to be shy I know you're watching the world with your own two eyes And it's okay to be quiet It's okay to be quiet Come on everybody, let's try It's okay to wait Till you have something to say And when you have something to say We're gonna listen To you To you If you're shy or you're silly Or you're quiet or you're loud It doesn't matter I'll always be proud of you Thank you. 
podcast is produced, mixed, and mastered by me, Camille Harris, from the Silly Jazz Band. We're under at the Silly Jazz Band on Instagram. And if you want to send us an email, our email is sillyjazzband at gmail.com. Have a great day!